Well, man, if you have a Bible, turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And I just want to thank um, Tim and the elders and, as we, and just pray for them. Tim's had a long week as well as being the president of the school board or Plano and making those decisions as well. So just lift up all of them um, as well. I want to thank Nick Lorenzana for setting us up for Facebook Live um, today and getting that set up for us. So, and thanks. So Galatians chapter 5, uh, we are looking at the fruit of the Spirit this morning. We're going to continue with uh, which gentleness, but before I read that passage, I wanted to read this, which is on the back of our prayer card um, and pray. Philippians chapter 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And that would be a passage I would encourage us to hold on to as we go through the next few weeks and as we see how things uh, go as a church and what we need to do. Just be watching uh, our church Facebook page. Uh, if you give me, watch the Wednesday Word, the Saturday emails, and if I don't have your emails, um, let me get back. Uh, give that to me. We'll make sure you get that. But um, let's just pray, and then I'll read the passage from Galatians chapter 5 uh, this morning. We'll look at gentleness. Heavenly Father, Lord, thanks for your word. Lord, thanks for your greatness, that you are sovereign God over everything, over every concern that we have. You are king and you're great. And so, God, we just thank you for your goodness. And, Lord, we do pray for people who are grieving and who are concerned. I pray you just give them great grace and comfort, Lord, not just because of what's going around the world, but even um, in, in different situations and other people in, in lives. God, I pray you would just give wisdom to those who are guiding us, give wisdom to our leaders and in, in authority. I just pray you protect them, give them uh, clear understanding. I pray you just give them grace and mercy and that they would also turn to you. Lord, I pray you should be with those who are just getting up every day and going to work at stores and having to deal with just uh, scared people and concerns. I pray you just give them great grace and peace and encourage them and help them as well. Today, I pray, God, that you would just use this situation that you have allowed just to grip people for the gospel, that they would see that Jesus is the great hope and the answer and help us to be people that would share that. Lord, I pray you just guide us this morning as we look at your word, that we would be gentle and I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And then Titus 3, 1 and 2 says, Remind them 
to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy towards all people. But fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. I mean, gentleness is the character quality that is rarely contagious. I mean, we aren't necessarily naturally gentle people, are we? We, we, we don't always understand that, that, that that's what we are needing. And Paul says this is the fruit of the Spirit. So, so how do we get this uh, gentleness? And, and here's the concern. that we've, As we've looked at this fruit of the Spirit, the concern is that it's something we have to do ourselves. We work ourselves up to do all these characteristics. And that's not what the fruit of the Spirit is. It's fruit from the Spirit that we are, have to be in cooperation with Him for. So that means we have to set our lives in a direction as followers of Christ and say, I want to allow the Holy Spirit to work in my life. So I'm going to set that direction. I'm going to set my mind to follow the things of Christ. And then there's a devotion to it. This, this is the direction. It's a long obedience in the same direction that I'm going to follow to let the Holy Spirit work. Augustine said, without God, we cannot. And without us, God will not. God works gentleness into the world through us. So we have to have this devotion. And to have the fruit of the Spirit grow in our lives, we also have to just have this denial where we restrain ourselves from things that God says are not the fruit of the Spirit. And then there's this doing, which is applying it and following the Holy Spirit. But it's a work of God. And as we've gone through this series on the fruit of the Spirit, wherever you see yourself, every week as we cover one, the intent is not for you to say, oh, this week i got to work really hard at being faithful. Now i got to work really hard at being this. This is what the Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, is developing in you. So if you see in yourself areas where it's, it's not where they should be, then set yourself in the right direction. Put yourself to the devotion. Deny yourself areas that need to be denied and, and do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do and realize, though, that this is the work of the Holy Spirit in us. It, it is a progress. It's not a photo. It's not a snapshot of your life right now. That's where you always be. This is, this is a progress of the Holy Spirit's working into us. And one of those things that he wants to work into us and is, is gentleness. And what we pray for a lot of things but we probably don't pray too much for gentleness. When was the last time you actually thought, oh, I need to pray to be gentle? George Bethune, back in 1839, said this. He said, perhaps no grace is less prayed for or less cultivated than gentleness. Seldom do we reflect that not to be gentle is sin. We don't think about gentleness too much. Probably because gentleness rhymes too much with weakness and meekness. And our idea of those things are just, who wants to be gentle? I mean, I got, especially if you're a guy, gentle doesn't seem to be something that uh, you want. I mean, I even mentioned this morning to somebody that was going to speak on gentleness, and they said, you're not going to be dancing on the stage, are you? Up there, as if that was the first reaction that they had. It just uh, tiptoe is, that's gentleness. Um, I got three boys and, no, and who like to work out, they like to do, and none of them have ever said, hey, Dad, uh, how can you teach me to be more gentle? You know, I'm, I'm, that's not what we do. We're not naturally gentle people. 
We, we think gentle often as a weakness, and it's not something that we want to often develop, and we're not gentle, naturally. I was driving this week um, towards Yorkville, thinking about my sermon on gentleness. Got to a stop site by the stoplight by Wabansi College, and a Hyundai Electra, Elantra did not go fast enough when the green light started. There was like a half-second pause when he should have pulled off, and my first thought was, go! And then I was just like, wow. That was less than half a second, and I was ready to go road rage on this guy. We aren't naturally gentle people. Gentleness has many weeds that it's got to fight through. Or help to help us to grow. The enemy of gentleness, there's many of them. One, one is ego. We, don't, we, don't, we, are, we are concerned about our image and our, our look. And you, you get in a room and something happens and we, we, it doesn't go the way we want. We balk up a little bit because we're going to defend our ego or just evaluation. Someone doesn't really recognize us the way we feel like we should be recognized, or they missed something, and we are going to get evaluated, and we want to jump up to defend ourselves, or people's expectations on us can crush gentleness. So there's, there's these demands on you, and you, 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 you are not very gentle, or just everyone else. People aren't moving fast enough for you. We are in a time of the need for gentleness. But gentleness is not weakness. The Bible says that Moses was the gentlest man. He was meek. But Moses was not weak. Think of the hundreds of thousands of people that he had to guide and constantly. You read through Numbers 14 through 16. They were murmuring and complaining against him over and over again. Yet he stayed meek. He stayed gentle. That's not a weakness. He led millions of people, hundreds of thousands of people through wilderness for 40 years. That takes a grit and a toughness. But he was also able to do that with great gentleness. So it's not weakness to be gentle. It's it's such a not a weakness that the Bible says the Holy Spirit's the one that has to produce it in us. This is what he does because we are not naturally gentle and the world needs some gentle people. And we're called to be them. So what is gentleness? Gentleness is not a personality. It's not a person's temperament. It's a fruit of the Spirit that's produced in us. Gentleness is strength under control. It's, gentleness doesn't overreact to something, and it doesn't underreact to something. The definition I think Christopher Wright says, which I thought was great, was gentleness means being very aware that the other person is a human being with feelings too. Looking at situations, walking into our lives, and saying, I'm not the only one in this world. I'm not the only one in this realm. The, the other person, there's something going on with them. There's situations going on with them. Gentleness is, is just being very aware that the other person is a human being with feelings too. So this morning, I just wanted to see what the Bible says, what's the grand view of gentleness, what's what I call them, the Google view of gentleness, and what, how is gentleness generated in us? How, how is it seen and developed? 
in a world right now that, that needs gentleness through store aisles and through concerns? How, how is, what's the grand view of gentleness? Isaiah 40, 11 says this about God. It says, in the context of Isaiah 11 is, that, is the greatness of God. That he's, he, if you read all through those passages, he created this world, he holds the world in the palm of his hand. It's just this magnificent view of God. And people, when they think of gentleness, they think of weakness, kind of a soft little situation, a weak, timid person. That's, that's gentleness. But then the Bible describes God with gentleness. And in the midst of a passage that describes the greatness of God, Isaiah 40, 11 says, He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. That's the picture that God describes of himself. This, this mighty, all-powerful God who holds the world in the palm of his hands is like a shepherd who takes care of his sheep and he, he picks them up, puts them in his bosom, and he gently leads them that are young. That's the grand view of God. Gentleness is God-sized. It's not timid. I mean, just think how God dealt with Hagar, Abraham and Sarah's handmaid. And Sarah says, Abraham, you're supposed to have a child. And, God, and, and so Sarah gives Abraham Hagar. Hagar goes in. She becomes pregnant. Then Sarah gets jealous of her. And Sarah kicks her out into the wilderness She's, she's not from the people of God. She's not the chosen people of God. But in Genesis 16, 13, God finds her. Not other gods, not her gods, but the all-loving creator of the universe finds this little slave woman in the desert, pregnant, with her, with her, finds her with her sons, and she says, you are El Roy, she said, the God who sees me. That's how God sees, that, that's, that's who God is to you. God is absolutely gentle. He, he, he cares about everything that's going on in our lives. He sees us. He's like a shepherd. He, he carries people. Remember Elijah, who was scared to death that he was going to get killed by Jezebel, and he runs away. He had just this great victory, and he, he takes off, and he He's, he's depressed. His world's falling apart. He's not sure what's going to happen. He's ready to die. In Isaiah 19, God talks to him, comes to him, and then he takes Elijah, and he, there's a huge whirlwind that goes around, and all this, this noise and the rush of everything. Then the Bible says, and then, then God spoke to Elijah in a low whisper or a still small voice. That's God. That, that, that's how God is. He's absolutely grand, yet gentle. It's power under control. And he deals with people in that exact same way. He'll deal with you in that. So he sees you. Whatever your struggle, he sees you. 
He's willing to pick you up like a, like a lamb and to carry you in his bosom. That's how God is gentle with us. No matter how we have responded to God, God still is gently coming to us, just like he will with Hagar, just like he did with Elijah. In Psalm 18, 37, 35 says, You have given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand supported me, and your gentleness made me great. It's not a small thing to be gentle. It's a grand thing because God is gentle and God is absolutely grand. That's, that's the grand view. All through Scripture, we see, we see this mighty, powerful God, but He's also constantly just gently coming to people and caring for them and shepherding them. But what does that really look like? You, 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 that, we, we, how does that really seem? So we kind of need like a Google view of God's gentleness which you can find anything on Google, which is how to do something, you just look it up. Um, and, and the Bible gives us that. Because everything that God is, the grandness and the greatness of God is seen for us and shown for us through Jesus. He, he is, if you want to see what it really looks like in a real, practical, human way, the greatness of God in gentleness, it's, it's seen through Jesus. And all of the pictures of gentleness are seen in Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight. one of the greatest lines that Jesus said, Jesus said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. There's, a, there's an old translation of the word gentle from the Arabic, and it's, it's restful. People... Where Jesus says, for I am restful and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. People were restful around Jesus. The, the presence that Jesus got in people's lives, when, when they were around Jesus, they, they were restful. Is that how you make people feel? When people came to Jesus, whatever their situation was, he, he oozed rest for people, a gentleness, a power under control. So much so that Matthew 12, 20 says, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench. He's not going to bulldoze through your life. He's not going to blow you over when you're hurting. You going through tough times right now? The world's going through tough times right now. But the God in control of it all is, is gentle. He's not going to sniff out the flame. He's not going to rip off the rust of the branch. Jesus was like that. He was gentle to people. So much so that the Apostle Paul, who was not naturally a gentle guy, I mean, he was destroying, he was, he was brutalizing the church. He was, he was wanting to hurt people. Not there was, his personality at that time was... I'm, I feel like I'm right, so I'm just going to go do all this stuff, and I'm going to just bulldoze through to do what's right. So much so that when Paul met Jesus, he was so radically transformed that 2 Corinthians 10.1 says, this Paul says, I, Paul, myself, talking to the church, I, Paul, myself, entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. That, that God transformed this ungentle man to say, now that I'm coming to you, talking about some serious things, but I'm, I'm doing it in the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Remember how Jesus talked to the woman at the well? 
She, had, she, she was a Samaritan woman. Nobody was supposed to talk to her. Jesus sees her. She says, get me something to drink. And Jesus says to her, she says, why are you talking to me? And he, she finds out that he's, she's been married five times and the person she was living with isn't her own husband. And we don't know, sometimes we read that and think, well, it must have been her fault. Maybe not her fault at all. Jesus didn't crush her. He didn't take out the wick. He talked to her. He gently discussed things with her. He cared for her. Or what about Peter, who followed Jesus all the way through, and then at the end he denies Christ three times. Everything he'd hoped for was gone. The person that he'd followed was gone. And then he finds out he's wrong. And Jesus does not blast Peter. He doesn't bulldoze through Peter. He doesn't lash out at Peter. He speaks to Peter. And he gently pulls him back in, like a loving father taking in a sheep. That's that's gentleness. That's the picture for us as we look at how do we see it practically worked out. This is what we should pray for. Jeremiah Burroughs was in lived a couple hundred years ago, and he said this, we, we should study Christ and praise and bless God and have our hearts enlarged for Jesus Christ. This is the duty of believers to whom God has revealed Christ as wonderful, that in their conversations they should hold out the wonderful glory of Jesus Christ. You should so walk before men as to manifest to all the world that your Savior is a wonderful Savior. And the Savior that we have in Jesus was gentle with people. He cared for people. He reached out to them. He he loved them. That's what we're called to do. That's the view that we are supposed to develop into our own lives. But, But how do we do that? How do we see that, yes, God was this grand view of God. God, in his almighty greatness, was gentle. He's like a father who shepherds his children. He he puts us under his wings like a mother bird. He's gentle with people. And Jesus was absolutely gentle with people. He cared for people. He was kind. He didn't bulldoze through. Even those who offended him, he was gentle with them. So how do we develop that? How how is it generated? How is gentleness generated in our lives? When we bought our house, our neighbors were good friends with the people who owned our house before. And so there's an outlet in our house, somehow, from our house to our neighbor's house that is connected to his generator. And if our power ever goes out, because he's a good neighbor, he's like, hey, Paul, just plug it in. If the power goes out and I kick on the generator, plug it in. I have not had to use it yet. But when I need power and the power goes out, all I have to do to get the generator going is to plug it in, and I'll have power. So how is gentleness generated in our lives? It's in the same way. How do we plug it in for us? How do we plug it in when we need it to have the power that we need? There's two parts to it. There's a personal part to it, and there's a public part to it. What we first need to do is to plug in and to connect with God, this, this gentle God. Maybe you are here this morning. And you've actually plugged into Jesus Christ. You, you, you don't, haven't seen God as loving and gentle as he is. And you see yourself as so far distant or you're so afraid or you're so, like, God could not forgive me. 
I really can't believe that he's that good. He is that good. And Jesus would say, see me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest for your souls. And gently just come to him. Turn to God, connect and say, God, I need you to be the leader of my life. And I receive you. So we connect with him. But many of you, you know Jesus. You've connected already. You you have him in your life. You, You know that to be true. One of the most gentle things to do, which is difficult, but it's true gentleness. Gentleness has a lot to do with humility and patience. One struggle that we have is to be gentle people is to try to fix things ourselves, to, 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 to get it done ourselves. We, we are get it done. Pull ourselves up and just get it done. Drive it through. And maybe the most gentle thing you need to learn is what it means to cast your burdens on the Lord and He will sustain you. It's real easy for us to pray things and say words and pray and pray, but we don't fully cast them because we think we can still fix it or we can still do something with it. Gentleness is casting your burdens humbly before God and saying, I can't, God, help me, and leaving it with him. You say, that doesn't seem, that, 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 that doesn't seem like gentle. It is gentle. Because some of you and some of us are so hard on ourselves and you so beat yourself up thinking, why can't I fix this? Why can't I believe this? Why can't I deal with this? I'm praying. I'm asking God to fix it for me. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. But you're praying in a way that's not fully casting it. You're not fully just saying, God, I can't. I need your help. And so I'm humbly, gently coming to you. I'm just giving it to you. So you cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. And don't take it back. It takes a humility that goes against our human pride. That's the personal part. Then there's the second part of how it's generated, and it's, I would say, the public part, which is just consideration. Philippians 4.13 says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone, or, or let your gentleness be known to everyone. Could that be said of you? If someone was to ask, hey, what about that person? Would, that, would people say, He's, that, she's gentle. You know what I like? About that, 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 they're, they're gentle. I don't think people could say that about me. I've never had anybody say that about me. Oh, he's gentle. But this is what it says. Philippians 4, 5, let your reasonable or let your gentleness be known to everyone. How can we develop that? How, how can that become your reaction? Is, you know, they're gentle. They're, they're power under control. They realize that the person next to them is a human being who's going through hurts and pains as well. Or Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. Or Proverbs 15.4, which says, A gentle tongue. Listen, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness is in it breaks the spirit. For the next two weeks, or three weeks, or four weeks, lots of people are going to be being at home with nothing to do but go on social media and let their words speak. We have that same opportunity as followers of Jesus Christ. There's going to be a a lot of time downtime. 
And, the, and, and what are you going to do with that downtime for some of us? What, what, what are you going to do with that when it comes to this gentleness? Some of you maybe say, I, I need to take some of this downtime and work on the personal part of it, where, I, where I, I take some time alone with God and I just sit and say, God, I got this time, but I, don't, I want to fill it up in a way that I want, I want to learn how to cast myself fully on you. I want to learn to cast my burdens fully on you and not take them back. And then the second part is this public consideration part. Because what's going on around the world right now and on social media is a lot of criticism, a lot of conspiracy, and a lot of sarcasm, which anybody can do. Anybody can do that. But we are called to be gentle people. It's a fruit of the Spirit in us, and a gentle tongue is a tree of life. When people are concerned about that life, our gentleness as Christians and what we say on social media, how we interact with people, can be a tree of life for people. Imagine if everything that Cornerstone people, church people, followers of Christ did in this season as we spoke to each other and on social media demonstrated a sense of gentleness. And it was a tree of life for people where they say, that, that, that Jesus, he's real. He really is real. People really aren't fearing. People really are trusting. There was a famous violinist, which I don't listen to classical music much. When there's a lot of chaos in the world, it's sometimes good to calm yourself down with. There was a famous violinist who had all these young students come to this event, and he was teaching them how to play, and he'd have different students come up and play, and he, the, the, the kid would do their best, and then the violinist would critique them and give them a tip. And then this, this young little teenage kid got up there, started to play his violin. It was so good, so beautiful. He got done. The whole crowd just erupted in cheers. And the master violinist walked up like he did with all the other kids, sat down, picked up his violin, put it to his chin, and then put it down, put it back in his case. And the whole crowd erupted again because he was gentle. So respected how well that young boy did that he didn't need to play anything. And people recognized the gentleness of this master violinist of this young kid. Power under control. That's what we're called to. And the thing is, it's a fruit of the Spirit. This isn't something that we're going to be able to pick up right tomorrow and just do so much so that we're all just gentle, gentle people. This is something that the Holy Spirit does in us. It's the fruit of what the Holy Spirit does in our lives, and that's good news for us. People who struggle with gentleness but know that we have the Holy Spirit in us, we can call and ask the Holy Spirit, make us gentle, God. Make Cornerstone Church filled with gentle people in the right way. Jerry Bridges was an author, had a, had a friend who was an ex-marine and his ex-Marine friend would always sign his letters at the end, tough but tender. Tough but tender. That's, that's what we're called as, as Christians. We're, we're tough in the sense that we believe the truth of God. But we believe the truth of God in a way that we, we demonstrate tenderness. Where we're tough on ourselves, as Jerry Bridges says, and tender with others. So as we go as we serve, 
And as we ask God to build this in us, keep being and ask the Holy Spirit to help us be tough but tender because Jesus is true. And he's gentle and he says to all, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for I am gentle and lowly and you will find rest for your souls. This is my desire 